In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles live on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, the lead investigator for East Bridgewater's Most Haunted and Ronway Kerrigan, Kerrigan, whatever. Good evening, Ron. How are you? Outstanding. Great. That's it? That's, That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's outstanding. Fabulous. Well, we actually have some, uh, some, some, some sad news to report. Uh, there's a guy that's been on a couple of times on uh, Ghost Chronicles International and Tony Answay, and he passed away. And the guy was phenomenal when it came to uh, ley lines and uh, affecting the paranormal and all the stuff. He was a fascinating person. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, it's sad because uh, with him went a lot of knowledge, as Richie would say. Uh, That's terrible. Was he older? Excuse me? You're treading on thin ground, uh, well, young I lady. I if I were you, I would be extremely careful. You know, you're oh. only on uh, probation. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, well, right. Um, he must have been many, 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 many years older than you, Ron. How's that? Is that any better? Uh, I'm old as dirt. <laughs> but anyways, Ann, um, no we have a, we have an absolutely great show today. <laughs> And who are we talking to? Uh, you and me. <laughs> no, we have the great paranormal psychologist, parapsychologist, whatever you want to call him, the star of Most Haunted, the real Most Haunted, not the East Bridges artist Most Haunted. Not, not saying that yours isn't real. Right. Um, oh, okay. The English one, Mr. Karen O'Keefe, or Dr. Karen O'Keefe. So that's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah, he should here? be in here as soon as they get a hold of him. Oh, Carrie. Okay. <laughs> good but evening. Anyway, uh, Hello. Karen, Hello. you're there. Yes, good evening from across the Atlantic. Hello, how are you, Ron? All right. Lots of stuff going on there in the UK. What's, what's all this? I mean, you guys ban handguns, all this shooting and stuff. I don't understand it. I know, it's a little bit scary. Last week we had uh, a serial killer 
who, who's uh, um, being called the crossbow cannibal. And then uh, today we had this awful incident in uh, a place called Whitehaven and uh, a shooting incident and 12 people oh. were killed. It's just, uh, yeah, it's been quite a few weeks. And like you say, it's it's not like England at all to have this sort of thing. No, no, no. I mean, it's that's it's really weird. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe you think it's that volcanic ash and stuff that's kicking around there that's messing up people's brains. I sincerely hope not, because there was a lot of it. <laughs> you know, and if, and if it's anything to do with it, then we're going to see a lot more. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little little worrying, and certainly you can tell even just talking to people and the way the news are covering it today, that there really is a shock. In the same way that when uh, you guys in North America had the Columbine shootings in the school, right. it was a shock, but there were, you know, there had, there had been other incidents, and since exactly. then there have been other incidents. It's very, like you say, it's very rare to have this sort of incident in this country because of the ban on handguns and the ban on guns generally. You right. know, people don't have guns, so it's 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 very, very rare to have these incidents. So... To have that, and then the week before, also have uh, a young man be arrested and convicted for being um, a serial killer. And like I said, his name was, uh, it's been known in the press as the Crossbow Cannibal. Oh my you know, God. It just gives you an idea of, how, gives you an idea of how horrific the crimes are. Oh. And also the fact he was a PhD, he had a PhD in criminology. Uh oh. Wow. Yeah, he, he was somebody who studied uh, serial killers. For his doctor. Well, now I'm, now I'm getting worried about you coming over here. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in danger? Because Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, you know your your borders are very stringent, so I'm sure customs would stop me if I had a crossbow. <laughs> but you don't need to worry about me. I sincerely hope so. <laughs> but <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, let me. Oh wait a minute. Does anybody know if it, there is a full moon? Right. Are we in a full moon cycle? I don't think so. Tonight? We had a full moon like about a week and a half ago. A week and a half ago. Okay. Just, just wondering. You have to look at everything when, when something like this occurs. And I'm sure Dr. Uh, O'Keefe feels the same way, right? Yeah. Well, every single explanation that people give, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I you want to see if that. there is a correlation between a full moon and a crazy act like that. That makes sense, yeah. Right. I would, I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, you think about, I'm trying to think, what day is it now? We're on the 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 third, the second of June. No, it wasn't full moon. It was, uh, it was full moon on the twenty seventh, twenty seventh of May. So not long ago, right. Yeah, maybe it takes a little while for you to build up. Oh, by the way, I got corrected in the chat room, the Tojinet chat room. If anybody wants to join us in the Tojinet chat room or the Pararex chat room, please, if you have any question for uh, Dr. Karen O'Keefe or myself or Ann, uh, please do that. But uh, Phantasma corrected me. Evidently, they don't like my uh, accent. They said I said Karen. But uh, how do you say it properly so I don't mess this up again? Uh, Karen. Kieran, Kieran. Think about it. If I write it, if I write it in the way that English people say it, it's K I E R A N. Kieran. Kieran. That's the way. Kieran that's okay. the way you. Say it. There you go. Right. 
Now, is that Scottish or, or Irish? Well, the way I spelt it is the, is the Anglified version, but uh-huh. my name is originally Gaelic. So it's originally Irish origin because my father is uh, Irish and that's where the name Kieran comes from. Yeah, the but there are, there, are, there, there are versions of it in Japan as well. Really? Um, the name, yeah, the name Kirin, K-I-R-I-N, is actually a, a Japanese yeah. beer. <laughs> it's good, too. Yeah. And O'Keefe, I think, <laughs> is a Canadian beer as well. How do I know that well. you would know that, Ian? <laughs> well, I'm Irish, too. <laughs> so I like beer. They, we know our beers. That's right. All kinds. Well, I'm sure we have a few pints warming up for you when you come over here because, of course, you like warm beer, right? <laughs> it doesn't have to be warm. And maybe if it's room temperature, that would be fine. But don't oh, warm God. it up, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, we, I actually uh, I know that uh, you, you're wondering about some, people are wondering about some of the events that we have coming up here, and we've actually scheduled a, a whole ton of stuff here already that's uh, with my calendar, what did I do with my calendar, Anne? Oh, I didn't it take it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I know that we have a couple of workshops. You are doing workshops on uh, para... Wait a minute. How can I say this? Para, parapsychology CSI or paranormal CSI. The paranormal CSI, that's it. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, paranormal CSI, yeah. Which I will attend because right. that, that sounds so cool. I mean, that's that's... Definitely. Uh, on the 21st and the 31st, we have that scheduled that Circles of Wisdom in Andover. And uh, on the 25th of uh, August, we have a ghost cruise for you, which ought to be fun. Oh. And that's, you that's not cruising for ghosts, though, is it? it oh, this ghost. This ghost. But it's not cruising for ghosts. Well, could. <laughs> <laughs> cruise for girls, cruise fantastic. for ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, like it, it should be it. interesting, and also, of course, we have the Dining for Dead uh, at the Wyndham on the 30th, and we have a, a new thing that we're putting together now, which is kind of really, really cool. It's called, uh, we, we do this conference, usually it's called Contact, and uh, it is now, uh, I think it's the fourth one we've done, it's going to be called Contact Paranormal University, and you will be leading it because you are Ooh. a wicked smart guy. That's very kind of you to say that. But uh, we, we will have, uh, yeah. we will, it, it'll be interesting because we are having some extra special people coming there. Uh, I believe Mike Marquardt's the EVP guy that we were talking about before with all this fancy equipment. Brilliant. That would be great. Will be there. Great to finally meet him. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that uh, Josh Manteller of Berkshire Paranormal, uh, he, he has taken, you know how EVPs have classifications A, B, and C? Yeah. Well, what he has done, which is kind of unique, and I, I've never seen this done prior to meeting him, is that he has begun classifying orbs as A, B, and C. Ah. And okay. we'll get into, he'll go into the whole classification thing, which is interesting because, I mean, you know, an orb is an orb is an orb, but it's not necessarily an orb. <laughs> That's a great answer, and, and I hope you don't mind if I steal that occasionally. Oh, please do. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, if uh, I'd be interested to hear this classification system and whether or not it's just a way of classifying the orbs without saying whether they're paranormal or not. If that's the case, then that's fair enough. But if it's, if it's classifying them as a way of 
stating as fact that they are paranormal, then uh, we might have an argument or two at the uh, Contact Paranormal University. Good, because good. that's a, what it's all I'm about. A, I'm not a fan of orbs. I'm not a big uh, orby guy either, but, uh, you know, a lot of people, they mean a lot of things to a lot of people. And it's hard to discount them when, when they affect so many people uh, that way. Do yes, you... I guess it is. And I guess the difficulty is that with all the evidence that now that exists to explain what uh, orbs actually are, the natural explanation for it, it's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult. If people have a very strong belief in orbs, you know, you're kind of getting away from just looking at something as evidence, but, but you're right, there are people out there where it's become more than just are they evidential of spirit or are they evidential of something paranormal. It's become more than that, and it's now almost become, I hesitate to use this word, but it's almost become like a faith, you know, people believing in orbs and what they represent and the different colors and the different right. shapes and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to, to, when people have a strong belief in something, no matter what it is, whether it's orbs or no matter what, it's very difficult to sway them or convince them otherwise when there is a, a natural explanation for it because, you're, you know, you're battling against belief. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny you say that because I was actually uh, chosen, <laughs> if you can say that word, uh, <laughs> to host a movie. Uh, they do these movie night at uh, Circles of Wisdom, which is a metaphysical store in Andover. And the movie was the Orb movie. And, you know, oh. which is funny because, uh, you know, I'm not, as I mentioned before, a big Orby guy, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm still open minded on it. Uh, but this this movie was, as you were saying, almost a religion. Right. Yeah. And and they had yeah, they, they had they had physicists, they had uh, astronomers, and they had all the people believing in this stuff. How they were these uh, almost, I guess they say beings or something. So it was interesting. Probably not the best guy yeah. to chose for it, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, you know, respect to them for bringing you in to kind of, you know, introduce it or to be there mm -hmm. for that, you know, giving a, a slightly different perspective. But like you say, there are lots of different theories. I've been reading recently about a particular author that talks about the orbs and how certain orbs represent um, angels or beings sometimes from another dimension, depending on um, how they're presented. You know, so it's this whole... There's this, like you mentioned, there's this classification system now. There's people believing that they uh, signify not just the first man the first age and the manifestation of spirit, which was the original idea, but now there's a lot more to it. There's dimensions, there's angels, there's even demons, there's various other things involved. But it, it's tough. I think it's going to be one of those phenomena that's going to go on and on and on despite the scientific evidence now saying that it's, it's perfectly natural you know there is there is a lot of evidence now there pointing at a natural explanation but it's just going to go on and on and on it's going to be almost religious like you say it's really interesting because one person's uh and all one person's orb is an angel another person's orb is a ghost another person's orb is a dimensional being another person's uh, orb is a UFO. So, I mean, it's, 
it, it's all, or even when the other person's off, is, is um, the Virgin Mary. So it's all what they mean to that particular person, evidently. Exactly, yeah. And are we, gonna, are we going to see, yeah, different orb religions, different factions being set up because yeah. of these uh, different beliefs? Who knows? You know. uh-huh. But it's interesting what you say. I'm fascinated by the idea that there are uh, physicists involved in this, and I know there was a, um, I can't remember it's called The Orb Phenomenon, but it's a, a book detailing a quite a, a lengthy project that was done by a quantum physicist, I believe, looking into the orb phenomenon. Yeah, it's called The Orb conclusion. Project, if I, if I recall. Oh, The Orb Project, there you go, yeah. And his, his conclusion was that a, uh, a percentage of orbs he regards as being genuine. At least there's no, you know, he couldn't find an explanation for them. And I just find that intriguing in terms of the scientific, having a scientific mind looking into orbs more so than any other phenomena, and that you would come up with that conclusion. But I get part of it is also that it's only now, it's only within this last six months that we've now actually got the technology, in my opinion, that can actually show once and for all uh, what orbs really are. And I'm talking about the advent of uh, 3D cameras. Oh, excellent. That's uh, right. And, uh, and I think with those becoming more and more available, people will start to see the issues with orbs and the fact that you can uh, show once and for all that they're not, you know, the, the spherical, um, you know, spirit indications that they're meant to be. Um, because the whole, the whole issue with some of the tests that have been done in the past about orbs is um, taking a photo at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take one photo, you see an orb, and then take immediately, immediately take another one, and people use that as an argument. Well, here was an orb, and then I took another photo, and there wasn't an orb. But then there's always the criticism, yeah, but there's a time difference between those two photos. There's always the issue of you may have moved slightly, what objects or what people are in the photo may have moved slightly, and that may have caused you know, the, the orb to disappear. There's all these criticisms, but with 3D cameras, what you're actually getting is you're getting two photos at exactly the same point taken from the same camera. And the theory being that if they are actually orbs, meaning they are actually spherical objects, spherical paranormal objects that they're meant to be, you should get them in both photos um, from a 3D camera. But initial research from people like um, Steve Parsons in Parascience, who Ron, I believe you know. Oh, I do. uh, he's, He's done some research looking at over... Um, 700 locations um, and thousands and thousands of photos and uh, finding evidence to show not necessarily what they are, but finding evidence to show they are not the spherical paranormal objects that people think they are because they don't, in, in all of those photos, they don't appear in both photos. They only appear in one, mm-hmm. which uh, supports the idea that they're a, they're a reflection of dust or other object. So there you but- go. It's so interesting, though. I, I mean, I know on my website we have a, a photo submission page where people send their photos in, and uh, this is basically a showcase for their photos. I, I really don't want to comment on or anything because to them they are almost uh, like you're saying religious. They they really mean something to those particular 
people, for instance, there's a, uh, I know this one is a little boy, and, and there's an orb, big orb in his shoulder, and the person who submitted said that was his grandfather. And, mm. you know, it's, it's, you know, who am I to say it isn't? It, 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 certainly I know how orbs can be formed naturally, uh, but yeah. I certainly wasn't there when the picture was taken. I don't know the circumstances of it at all. And so, I mean... Hey, for all I know, it could be. It could be one of those rare exceptions to the rule where perhaps it is paranormal. But I think it's more than that. I think uh, it's not just about orbs. It's about evidence that people present to you and the mm. belief that they have in what the evidence is. And that as investigators, but also as researchers, we kind of have a an ethical responsibility to answer these questions if people are presenting evidence to us there's an ethical responsibility for us to to kind of assess the situation and realize that hey okay no matter what we may think based on our opinions and our research we have to be careful as to how we answer the question we have to be careful as to how we deal with people's beliefs at the end of the day so it's not just about saying well we weren't there at the point it's it's if somebody presents you with a photo like you said and there's an orb next to a person. They say it was, you know, it's my departed grandfather. There's a belief there that their grandfather has come through and shown himself in a particular way. Mm -hmm. Now, one approach that's used by cynics and debunkers out there and people like, for example, uh, James Randi and other debunkers. Oh, would God rest his soul. Barrel, you know, yeah, they, they would barrel in you know, with uh, guns blazing and basically say, no, orb, that's just dust. Forget it. You know, it's rubbish. There's nothing paranormal about that. And yet there's a better way of kind of explaining the situation and saying, well, have you considered the possibility that what you might be looking at is, you know, dust, and here, let me show you some other photos in which this has happened. Have you considered that? And then it's more of a discussion. And if they say, well, yeah, I've considered it, but I still believe that what's presented there is my grandfather, then I think it's at that point you hold up your hands and you say, well, that's your belief and I respect your belief. And, you know, if that's what you believe, then then that's fine. I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise. Yeah, and what do you think about all this orb stuff? I'm personally, I'm also not a big fan of orbs. Um, I, I actually do, I mean, I think they're all the natural cause, their moisture, the dust, their reflection, whatnot. Um, but on the other hand, I do also know a lot of people who completely believe in orbs. Um, mm. Personally, I don't unless I see, I, I don't know, every once in a while you get something that's a little too random or maybe not so random, maybe like more determined. <laughs> a determined orb, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, <laughs> That kind of makes me, you know, stop and look at it. You know, something was caught on CIR cam or whatnot. Um, so, I, but usually I'm I'm in I'm in the court that is uh, it's dust. Mm -hmm. Now I, I just want to uh, we we do have a question from the uh, told you that chat room. First of all, Julie and Adele say hi, uh, Karen. And oh, hello. Yeah, and uh, Leslie says, just for argument's sake, 
uh, we were talking about a camera only catching only one shot of a, a dust thing. So, I mean, an orb, so therefore it was dust or whatever. Just for argument's sake, like an EVP, EVP can be caught on only one recorder and not on the one next to it. Could it be the same for uh, two lens cameras? Could it be the same? Uh, yeah, for I see what you're saying. No, that's not the situation. For a two lens camera, yes. But for a 3D camera, no, that's not the situation. Because if, if orbs are meant to be, and people in the chat room correct, can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you look back at the origin of when orbs first being cap uh, were first captured, they are meant to be spherical objects. They're meant to be actual spheres. And originally, they were meant to be the first stage in the manifestation of spirit. Now, we've already discussed there are lots of different theories now as to what they are, but they're mm -hmm. still meant to be spherical objects. If that's the actual case that they are spherical objects, then on a 3D camera, what you're actually getting is an actual... You're getting two photos of exactly the same place on the, from the same camera. And if that's the case, and they're both taken at exactly the same time, albeit from two lenses that are, what... A, a uh, few inches apart, mm -hmm. that's the case, but it's the actual same place, then you should catch that spherical object on both photos. You that should be sense, able yeah. to do that. Because it's exactly the same time. The issue in the past has been two cameras taking the photo, and they may not go off at the same time. And then there's the argument, which is a valid argument. Well, in one camera, you got the orb. In the other, you didn't. Well, in the first camera... It got the orb, and then the orb may, orb may have traveled out of shot or disappeared because there, even a millisecond between the two photos is enough time for an orb to disappear. So the usefulness with a 3D camera is that it's taking two photos at exactly the same time, and they're time-coded down to the millisecond. So, so that, that's interesting. I know we're coming up onto the break. I think we have about 30 seconds, but... Uh you know, it's, uh, I do want to talk. Do you think that there are too many groups, too many TV shows, too many uh, just regular people that are reading too much into what are naturally occurring things just to try to rationalize capture and paranormal? And we'll to, you know what? You'll have to think about that because we have to take a break right now. So I'll give okay. you time to <laughs> contemplate that. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles live on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel Beyond. I am Ron Kolick, my co-host is Anne, and Ian Kerrigan, and our very special guest is Dr. Karen O'Keefe, and we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. 
So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Cece the Huntress, and I'm going to be the guest speaker for New England Ghost Project with their events, Food and Spirits, held at the Wyndham Restaurant in Wyndham, New Hampshire, June 21st, 7 o'clock. You must purchase your ticket online at www.neghostproject.com. Hey, I'll see you there. back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live with Ann Corrigan, Ron Kolick, and our very, very special guest is Dr. Karen on Keith. We are on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. If anybody wants to call in, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live in the TojiNet chat room with your questions, or the Pararex chat room. So anyways, my question before the break was, are we so, I, I hate to say the word hot up, but so in, in, in need to find paranormal evidence that we take natural phenomena and mark it off as uh, paranormal? I think, it's a very, I think it's a very good question, and it comes down to uh, belief, I guess, in terms of, um, in terms of what you believe and I guess your motivation for investigating, you know, um, yourself and Anne are probably very familiar with this, that often investigations of haunted locations can be the most boring and mundane <laughs> things ever. Um, yep. Completely so far removed from anything that happens on TV. <laughs> and you have to be somebody who's quite passionate about the field who has a genuine interest in it, to be able to sit through those particular investigations or analyze hours of footage and, and get no results from it, you've got to be a particular sort of personality and a particular interest to be able to do it. And maybe what's happening with a lot of groups is they don't have the patience or that level of interest. And for them, it's just uh, getting the result, getting maybe the scare factor as well, and maybe also part of it is not knowing how to interpret phenomena when it happens. Um, you know, the, the two of you are quite blessed with the knowledge that you have in being able to give, sometimes give natural explanations of phenomena or have a, you know, a critical thinking stab at um, phenomena that happens, but you've got knowledge, whereas there are other groups who... Maybe their only knowledge is watching investigations on TV and reading a couple of books and having a very strong belief in the paranormal, and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, is it... What are you totally going to say, agree. Anne? I totally agree with that. Completely agree. Mm, is it... Is it... Yeah, I wonder... It could be two things. It could be the psychology of it, you know, uh, people having the belief and not wanting to think that there is any other explanation, but it could also be the other side where people just don't have the knowledge. It's not a mere question of belief. They just don't have the knowledge. They haven't read around the subject. They don't have the patience to sit there in a, in a haunted location overnight and nothing to happen. You know, I mean, I, think, I guess that's the part. I think, so. I Sorry, think a lot of saying? time, 
I think a lot of times is, is in, in truth, that's, that is what happens so many times. Is you may sit there all night and not a single thing will happen. And mm. people almost, I, I've seen this in, in people do this, they almost they convince themselves that they have absolutely heard something when I'm, sti- I'm sitting next to them and I've heard nothing. And they'll say, oh, I hear someone talking. And I say, I don't hear a thing. And, and, it's all, and then the person next to them will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that too. And I, I, mm. just, I, I just kind of, at that point, I'm just looking and kind of discrediting the whole thing. I'm like, I think you're convincing yourself you're hearing something. Yeah. But you know what? That's not exactly true in all cases. For instance, I went to the beach with a couple of girls, and when we came back to the beach, we were driving. And as we were driving, I heard a siren. Now, both the girls that were with me did not hear that siren. Yet sure enough, within you know a short passage of time, an ambulance came, came by. So mm-hmm. did I not hear that siren, or did I just was attuned to the hearing? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you were. Maybe your hearing is simply better than their hearing. Mm-hmm. So well. under, under, um, under, under your explanation, Ian, mm-hmm. I would have not heard that siren because those two other people did not hear it. Possibly. I, pro- yeah. I probably, if I, I but would probably I did. say, that's you're the, wrong. That's the kicker. I did. <laughs> yeah, but there's a way. But, but already, I think the difference with Anne's explanation and your circumstances is immediately there's been a way of verifying that that siren sound was actually a genuine sound and not one of imagination mm-hmm. because then they later heard the siren sound correct right. you know so there's a way of verifying in in but Anne's what if that ambulance case, had turned off say uh, a, a short distance before it got to us and they never heard it did it well, exist your- or did it not exist well, if a tree falls in a wood and there's nobody there. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and that's the whole thing. Although we, we can do our experiments, and, 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 and certainly I'm not going to tell you uh, about scientific experiments, although we, we, there are always exceptions to the rules. Yes, yeah, <laughs> there are. And I think, and I think what Anne and I agree agreeing on we're not necessarily talking about there might be some instances where people hear things or experience things that not everybody else, you know, experiences. I mean, we could, we could even go down the route of talking about sensitives. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, the whole premise behind media and people who claim sensitive <laughs> is, yeah, the, whole, the whole premise behind that is that there are particular people that are more sensitive than mm-hmm. others. And that may also be true about any of our senses. Like yourself, you may be better at hearing may be more attuned to particular sounds. But I think the other aspect that um, Anne is talking about and I'm talking about is this kind of willingness for something to happen, this desire for something to happen to such a level that things are created. And yeah, I agree. It's it's, It's difficult to separate that from maybe genuine phenomena that happens. And all we can really do is in a situation, if somebody claims they're hearing something, do we have an audio recording to back it up? Right. You know, and, it, and if we don't, then it's still perhaps an open-ended question. 
yeah. like your siren incident, because if the siren, turn, if the ambulance turned away, then we wouldn't have verification of it. And we've still got an open-ended question. Mm-hmm. But the issue becomes that in those instances where we don't have an audio recording to back up somebody saying they're hearing voices, mm-hmm. one then one possible explanation is what Anne's saying, is that it's this over-willingness for something to happen, this desire right. to something happen, and then just imagine it. And it's, it's uh, I guess, it, in a way, it's the bane of our our lives in terms of investigators and having other people in part in involved in investigators is how much is imagination and how much is reality. Right. I mean, that, for instance, if you go to an insane asylum and someone sees a ghost, he's not going to be believed, even if he, he legitimately saw a ghost because he was insane. Correct? Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there are so many variables that... Uh, you know, yes. I, and now, these are all extreme uh, examples. Of course. But, but they are... Oh, my God, is that phone running so much? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are all, you know, exceptions to the rule. In other words, this is... We, we, we've, we've taken our... Uh, uh, what's, uh, we've set up our parameters, you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not going to believe these people because they're crazy, but even if, even though... They really saw it. That we're actually discounting truth. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Well, I think uh, yes, it does make a lot of sense. And I'm going to change the semantics slightly. I'm going to change the way you're talking about it. Okay. Is that it's not it's not that we're necessarily dealing with extremes and we're dealing with exceptions. I think what we're dealing with all the time is this. I wouldn't call it a problem. It's the reason why I find you know, investigating, exciting. It's the issue of alternative explanations for what's going on. You know, somebody claims they're seeing, they claims they're seeing a ghost. Are they actually seeing a ghost? Or is it any number of possible explanations, one of which might be, like you say, they, they, they have a mental health problem, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a facet of that. Is it because of... Uh, vision problems, you know, and it's something to do with their eyes. It could be any number of possible explanations, and I think it's just, it's something that we have to deal with all the time. And I think it highlights something that we've, the three of us, I think, have talked about before, is that um, as an investigator, you have to be kind of a jack-of-all-trades. You kind of have to, you know, have a bit of knowledge about the environment, psychology, um, a little bit of mental health, anatomy, mm-hmm. vision, all of these different things. And if you don't have that expertise, at least you've got to know where to turn to kind of ask people who do know about it. But um, you're right, you, you know, th- part of it is looking for alternative explanations and mm-hmm. part of it is in context. You take the experiences that people have in a, in a you know, allegedly haunted location and put it in a different context and they'd be locked up. Absolutely. I mean, that's what's so fascinating, what we do, I, I think, anyways, because there, I mean, there are, I don't know, it's, it's just always a little twist or a little turn to what the norm is, you know, it's, it's fascinating. Now, on, yeah. this, on this thread, I have a question about something we discussed the last time Karen was on the show. Uh-oh, um, here it about, comes. about scrying. Scrying with oh, yeah. mirrors. And I've, I've never seen a done in person. I've seen it on television, obviously. Don't you feel 
I mean, I, I watch this and I sit there and in my head I'm thinking, isn't that almost a form of self-hypnosis? You're, you're gazing yes. into a mirror and I think that after a while you're going to see what you want to see. You, how do you feel about that? No, I think you're absolutely right. The whole methodology and, and how you're told to do Sky to do scrying is exactly that. It's, uh, in fact, by definition, scrying involves kind of a self-induced trance. And that's essentially what you're saying. Right. You know, it's, it's self-hypnosis. And, we're, and when, when we're talking about scrying, traditionally we talk about scrying involving mirrors. Um, but there's another aspect, which you don't see in haunted locations, but you see in the psychic world, and that's the crystal ball. That's mm-hmm. another example of scrying. You know, and in the same way, it's that kind of self-induced hypnosis or trance. And yes, then when you do slip into that state, then it's very easy, you know, for your eyes to be fooled into thinking that you're seeing something. And I think you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it's okay, just, here comes uh, the devil's advocate again. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, that, that's true. I, I agree with you 100% with that, that you are, it is a form of help of uh, self-hypnosis, but then again, think about astral projection. And you okay. actually can see things by traveling beyond your body, and yet you put yourself in that same state, the alpha state, or the, where you're totally relaxed. And Was it the alpha state? Wait, wait, wait get that in. Uh, Karen, is that the alpha state when you, you put yourself in? In terms of, in terms of OBEs, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. But it doesn't, it doesn't, necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to happen... Consciously, you don't have to put yourself into that state. Sometimes it can happen by accident as well. But yeah, carry on. So, I mean, that's a a real thing. It's not something that you're projecting with your mind. It's you're actually, well, if you believe it, you're actually, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Astral projecting yourself to whatever point and seeing what you're seeing. That's what I'm trying to get at. You're actually seeing through astral projection rather than, making up something in your mind or wishing what you want to see, uh, as, as you guys were saying in, in Scryon. Is that... Yes. We, yeah, so, I know I what mean, you mean. And I, yeah, carry on. So, so you can't say, okay, well, I, it works in one case and not in the other. Yeah, yeah there are some, as we were talking about, there, there are always different... Uh, different exceptions or whatever. I, I hate using that word. It's got to be a better word than I'm using. But uh, just because every time you look at scrying, it's not something I believe that you're just projecting yourself all the time. And, and the other thing we, we really, how do you prove that? How do you prove that you are projecting it? Wow. Uh, lots of different questions. Um, first of all, let me tackle the kind of uh, analogy or the, the association that you're making with OBEs, mm-hmm. um, I know what you're saying in terms of slipping into a particular state. Right. But I think OBEs fall into a very different sort of experience than scrying. Okay. I have to be honest. No, that's good. I want to be honest. With you. No, because I recognize that with OBEs, uh, it's... It's accepted by various researchers. Um, Robert Monroe is a key example. Monroe Institute, where he's done a lot of work with OBEs. It's accepted. It's accepted. Yes, 
exactly. It's accepted that there are different stages that you would go through to get to the OBE. For example, the withdrawal stage, cataleptic separation, all of these different stages and the actual OBE itself kind of separating from the body, which is known as the separation stage. And these are all particular stages that you would go through. And in no... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes, hello. Hi. Hello. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, okay. we just lost you. You know, that must be paranormal. You know, it, you, God's, <laughs> God smattered you for disagreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the technological God. He hates me. Um, so I was talking about the different stages. Did right. you hear that? Yes, yeah. we did. We, we caught most of it, I believe. Okay, and and my point is that there is uh, no similar situation with scrying in terms of the different stages that you go through. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the alpha state and being in a particular state for OBEs. Mm-hmm. That same state is not the equivalent one in scrying. In scrying, it's an extremely low-level, light kind of self-hypnosis. It's not the same state at all. So it's quite an extreme situation with OBEs, and I think that's the first thing to kind of to to kind of make clear with OBEs and astral projection. Um, the other point uh, that you are making is about saying how can we test how can we test what happens with scrying, right? And I think that's a very very difficult point because if uh, what's happening is my claim and what Anne's saying is that it's some sort of self-induced, albeit very light, trance or hi- hypnosis where your eyes will be fooled into thinking that something there. If that's the case, then a psychologist would say, well, all we need to do is film the mirror. And if we film the mirror and oh. nothing happens on the mirror that the person reports, therefore it must be imagination. However... There's the spiritual argument of uh, um, scrying, which says it's not about that. It's not about actually seeing something in the mirror. You know, it's about you having using the mirror or the reflective surface as a tool to see the spirit or to see yourself at a at a later age in the mirror to actually be given the means to do it. But it doesn't actually mean that that face or that spirit is in the mirror. And so I think what we come up with is what I would call an unfalsifiable hypothesis. How so can I like we that. prove or how can we prove or disprove it? I think it's just going to be one of these open-ended ar- arguments and it I is. fall on the side of fall on the side of psychology and science I'm afraid, but you know it's just going to be one of those arguments. For now, we may prove so, be able to prove in the future, who knows. Sure. Yeah. Now, you know I I was sitting here while you were talking, which is a good thing. And um, you mentioned the 3D camera, and I just was just, thought came to me. Do they have infrared 3D, 3D cameras? Uh, I, not at this stage, I don't think, no. That, I mean, to me, I, first of all, I was, because the technology is so new, I assume that no spirits have been captured on 3D camera that we know of. No spirits? Right. 
no ghosts, no, no, no spirits. Well, no alleged spirits. Like I said, there's been research, um, you know, research already started by mm-hmm. Steve Parsons here in the UK. Right. And you've got hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of photos where mm-hmm. people may turn around and say, yes, those are spirits because they're orbs on those okay. photos. Right, so, but I'm so, talking about full apparition. No, that hasn't apparition. happened yet. No. And you're talking, you're basically talking about, that's why I mean it's recent technology. You're talking about technology that's really only become available to you or I, I would argue, within the last six months or so. So it's yet, yet to happen, I think. Um, you're talking about, you're talking about uh, cameras that are essentially five, six hundred pounds, which is what, mm-hmm. seven, eight hundred dollars to right. buy a digital camera. So, you know, they're available now, but they're a little bit of the pricier end for the amateur investigator. I, I mean, it would be fascinating, for instance, to go to, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Hampton Castle? What's that castle that you guys set up? Hampton, Hampton Court Palace. Hampton Court Palace. And, yeah. and you know, set up, a, if they, a, I'm thinking infrared, because uh, infrared seems to be, have more success in, in caption, uh, well, allegedly spirits than, than normal mm-hmm. photography. And to set one up and to be able to let that run for a, any given point of time, I think uh, you you might be able to answer the whole spirit thing very shortly. Yeah, if yes, if you're going for exactly if you're going for a location that has a reliable, repeatable sightings, mm-hmm. um, then I think yes, why not? The argument is, of course. Um, as we may have mentioned before, and it's the argument with all investigations, is is it possible to find a location where you've got people seeing an apparition on such a regular basis, and I mean weekly, where you can visit and then you can be there for a week and you can either discount or verify that they're actually seeing the apparition? Is that possible to actually visit a location where that's the case? Because my experience with the majority of locations is Yes, you find some that are active in terms of lots of people having experiences, but they're only active in terms of, you know, you maybe get a sighting or an experience every couple of months. But that's quite active. And who's to say, on the night that you visit and set up your camera, why do the spirits have to perform on that particular night? Correct. (laughs) You know. I mean, there are phenomena where a a spirit appears... uh, uh, ghost ships, especially for every certain period of time, which is interesting because of all the uh, leap years and everything else and the change in the calendar and all this stuff, but uh, they seem to appear at regular intervals. I mean, uh, to me, that, that would be like an ideal, you know, uh, what's the word? I'm looking at, experiment. Yeah, if there's, if there's repeatable in terms of a particular date, you're talking about when the right. when the when the apparition is seen, yeah. No, yeah, no you I don't believe we... in anniversaries, do you? <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you mean? Do I believe in wedding anniversaries? <laughs> no, 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 no. We all believe in that, Karen. I'm I sure. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like anniversaries are haunting. You know, like for instance, this was the the day that he died in 1776. He died on June 2nd uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, do you believe that that's a, a sacred time as far as uh, being able to capture a spirit? In terms of the, di- the, the time that somebody dies or in terms of 
a particular date when there's a known ghost that appears at a particular point. No, either are. I'll open to either are. Uh, no, I'm fascinated by, you know, particular cases where um, you get witnesses just reporting the same ghost appearing at the same time um, annually, but only mm-hmm. that one time annually. Um, right. A good example would be... I'm trying to think of a really good example. Um, I actually have one. You, oh, 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 yeah, um, Harry Price's case in uh, Borley Rectory. Right, Borley Rectory. Uh, Borley Rectory, and there's uh, a known area which is uh, referred to as the Nun's Walk. Nun's Walk. Borley, Borley Rectory is not there anymore, but the Nun's Walk, um, or part of it is still there. And there's, it's called the Nun's Walk because of uh, the apparition of a, a nun that's seen on that particular path, and it's that meant to be the same day um, every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's around 27th, 28th of July, if my memory okay. serves me well. But there you go. You've got It's your decision as to whether you're dealing with reliable reports for any eyewitness accounts. But if you've got reliable reports on you know, subsequent years of a particular apparition, then why not? Yeah, I, I definitely buy into the anniversary idea, especially if it uh, tallies up with some particular event of significance on that particular date. But, I mean, we all know that the, how the calendar has changed, I mean, and, and yeah. time is so relative. It, yeah. it just does, to me, anniversary dates don't make sense. You mean because of leap years? Leap years and... Uh, the Gregorian calendar changing from, uh, you know, over through the years. and, and Oh, and so sure, forth. yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you. If you're talking about cases that go back, you know, to when there, was, there were definite changes in the calendar, then there's right. huge issues with it, definitely. And it's, and it's a huge argument against all of these, uh, you know, um, conspiracy theories about the end of the world or, or Mayan conspiracy theories and... Egyptian conspiracy theories because of calendars. It's a huge issue. Mm-hmm. But I'm intrigued by those particular cases where, you know, more so perhaps in England, I'm not sure about cases in North America, where you have uh, repeatable sightings, but uh, only within the last 30, 40 years. Those are the ones I'm interested in. And sure, a leap year kind of gives it an issue. However, there might be something about that particular date something significant that happened on that first date that results in the spirit appearing. Well, yes, we just about run out of time. Can you believe it? Uh, oh, well. But I, I do. I, I used to be on the um, Harvard Pilgrim Appeals Board, and I sat with uh, lawyers and doctors, psychiatrists and psychologists and everything, and they all knew what I did. And so when I would come into the, the board meeting, they always, you know, want to know what was happened. And they'd all tell me their own little stories. And I remember this particular psychologist uh, who wasn't really believing in ghosts or anything, but he, he bought a house and he, and he was in his living room and uh, all of a sudden he heard a, uh, a knock by the door and he went in and he heard a thud. And uh, he opened the door and there was no one there. And then a year later, uh, that exact same thing happened again. And I think it went on for like three years. I can't re- recall the exact thing. But anyways, he went and did some research on the, on the property and what it was is that uh, someone who was quite portly, had died into the, uh, died in the house. And then while they were carrying him out the front door, the body out the front door, they turned the stretcher and the body 
fell to the ground. Yeah. And it was at the exact oh, wow. time and date that he had heard these noises. Wow. That's great. That's a, that's a perfect example. Yeah, there's a, there's a case at a, um, a Chateau de Lourage in the southwest of France that just came to mind, and it's the same sort of thing where somebody committed suicide, they hung themselves on a chair, and people go there on particular dates, and they go, through, go there through the year, and uh, the bang of the chair hitting the floor is heard, but it's only on that particular uh, date. When, when the person committed suicide. Well, Karen, we've run out of time. Wow, I want to thank you so by. much. Do you want, do you want to uh, give out your website or, or anything before we hit the road? Yeah, my website is www.theparapsychologist.com and uh, www.theschoolofparapsychology.org and also uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kieran O'Keefe and also uh, I've got a Facebook page as well and all of the information about my visit to the States... Um, we'll be on there soon. Okay. Thank you very much. And it's time to say goodnight and God bless everyone. Good night. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties.